Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, owner and user of Mint Mobile, with a special holiday message. If you sign up now for three months, you get three months free on every one of our plans, even unlimited. Now, I realize this is more of a holiday offer than it is a holiday message, but if you read between the lines, you can see a message in there. It says we love you. Visit mintmobile.com slash switch for the offer. Limited time, new customer offer. Activate within 45 days. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Unlimited customers using more than 40 gigabytes per month will experience lower speeds. Video streams at 480p. See mintmobile.com for details. I'm Jack Hughes from Wang Chung. Hey everybody, this is Ivan from Men Without Hats. Hello everybody, this is Francis Dunry from It Bites. Hi everyone, this is Andy from Modern Romance. Hi everyone, this is Charlene. Hi, this is Betty Seaton from Music to You. Hi, I'm Nick Haywood. Hi, this is Kevin from Fiction Factory. And you're listening to the 80s Rewind Show Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. It's time, it's time to bring you yet another amazing episode. And now, welcome your host, Rob, the face for Radio Burgess. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, Status Rewind Show podcast with me, Robbie, and welcome along to today's episode. I've got a fantastic episode for you coming up. I've got a little different one for you. Now, don't forget, before we start, like and subscribe, share the show, tell your friends, tell the milkman, tell the baker, tell the candlestick maker, tell everybody you know about the show, spread the love. If you're on an Apple podcast, please write me a review because it really helps. I hate all this sort of stuff, but, you know, you've got to get the word out there sometimes. You've got to get the word out there. I've got to say a massive thank you and hello to everybody that's listening around the world. I've got people in the United States. I've got people in Poland, Canada, Belgium, Germany, Norway, Jersey, Burma. Wow, that's crazy. Spain. Where else have we got? We've got uh, Sweden, Brazil, Denmark, France, India, Ireland, Italy, Japan, Mexico, the Netherlands, uh, Turkey, the UAE, and the Isle of Man. That's crazy. What can I say but thank you and welcome? That's what I love about the podcast. It's global. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. So thank you so much for checking that out. Um, don't forget, as I love to give back to you guys for tuning in and checking out the podcast, if you go to the 80s Rewind Show website, which is www.the80spod.com. So go to the website, go to exclusive to site, and on there you'll find tracks that have been released to me by the artist. There's a couple there by Fiction Factory, uh, Modern Romance, and Peter Core from the Lotus Eaters. You can't get these tracks anywhere. They're exclusive to the 80s Rewind Show podcast website. How cool is that? That's really cool, isn't it? And it's all there, it's all for you, and it's all free. Go on and check those tracks out. They're absolutely fantastic. Well, on to today's show. Now, we just talked about the show being global, and this is a perfect version of that. My good friend Robbie, my brother from another mother, my American cousin, uh, my podcast twin, if you like, agreed to come on and talk to me all about his amazing podcast, Living in the 80s, uh, where him and his friends discuss different topics of the 80s, uh, whether it be movies, breakup songs, songs they didn't like, and one-hit wonders. It's a fantastic podcast. If you get a chance, check it out. It's really, really good. Yet again, if you go to the 80s Rewind Show website and go to the section called 80s Goodies, go down. There's a direct link to Robbie's website. In this episode, we talk about the history of the podcast, cassette tapes, and the golden age of telly. Oh, and a film I haven't watched. Let's get to it. So, let's start at the beginning. What, what sort of music was in the house when you was growing up? What was you listening to? Were your parents musical? Did they play a lot of music in the house? Yeah, there was always music being played at the house. Um, so, my parents, being children of the 50s, teenagers of the, the early 60s, so there was a lot of uh, 60s doo-wop kind of stuff. Um, I remember my my uh, my mom was a big fan of Herman's Hermits. 
So we learned, heard a lot of that. Uh, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Um, a lot of Elvis. Yeah, Elvis, Buddy Holly, Everly Brothers. Uh, so in, in that era, that 50s transitioning into the 60s, that that's what I heard, you know, very early. And then at, probably simultaneously, they listened to uh, country music, which, uh, boy, 70s country was rough. <laughs> so, but that's all I knew uh, up until you know, probably my uh, eight or nine years old. You know, I would start um, swapping records with friends and stuff. So I'm, you know, at that age getting turned on to like the Beach Boys and the Eagles, uh, with somebody I was liked a lot as a kid. So again, the, the typical, you know, back then, you know, not a lot of exposure to a lot of rock and roll. So like the Bee Gees, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. That's what I was listening to back then. And, you know, up until I became a teenager and then my mind got blown over and over and over again by music. So yeah. <laughs> you know how it is. You listen to what mom and dad's listening to until uh, yeah. that time comes when you got to break free. I mean, amazing. I mean, I've seen the Bee Gees and the Eagles. They're great bands to be brought up. <laughs> Have you really? Now, I, yeah. I saw the Eagles, the last tour they had uh, with Glenn Fry. So it was, uh, I, I'm going to guess, uh, 2014, maybe. Yeah. And it was the opening night of their American tour, and it was phenomenal. Now, we didn't know that a year, year and a half later, he'd be gone. Yeah. But it, that was that was such a an epic moment for me that was that was awesome i saw him in i think it was 1996 and they had um don felder with him as well oh was it the hell freezes over tour it was yeah so it would have been that yeah. tour as well and that was that was amazing and then um for people that are not eagles fans they had a big falling out around 1980 so this for this yes. to happen <laughs> was amazing yeah. and joe walsh had a suit that looked like it was a brick wall <laughs> yes yeah i remember i remember i i remember that well the, the falling out when it all happened it was like just so much infighting in the band everyone just wanted to take creative control of the band and then don henley said we'll get the back together again when hell freezes over <laughs> so the hell freezes over tour happened 15 years later it's and, amazing uh, so many bands after that started doing reunion tours going, heck, look, the Beatles are making millions now. Or not the Beagles. <laughs> the Beagles. Easy for me to say. The Eagles <laughs> are making millions now. We should do it. So you see all these bands reuniting and getting stuff together. Even still today, it's like, hey, if we could make a paycheck, people still remember us. Let's do it. So, <laughs> yeah. I make them right as well. If people are interested, if you listen, to, there's a documentary called The History of the Eagles. It's about three hours long, I think. Isn't oh, it? yes. I, I have that on Blu-ray and digital. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. And it, and I've watched it a couple of times. It's it great. brilliant. Yeah, it goes through a lot of history. And uh, I mean, it's quite, um, you know, claws out in places as well. They don't hold back, which is nice. It's not a fluffy oh, yeah. one. So, right. Yeah, if anyone hasn't seen it, you've got, you got to check it out. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. That last tour... Um, that that tour was called the history of the Eagles. So oh, they it? just, they did a retrospective of the whole thing. The video walls behind them were just old scenery and footage and, you know, just things with them. And, you know, they were Linda Ronstadt's backup band once upon a time. So you got to see a lot of, a lot of really cool historical stuff. And I don't know about when you saw them, but the sound mix was the best concert I'd ever been to. Yeah. It was, it was sometimes it's yeah. way too much distortion, maybe amateur sound guys. 
these guys were worth every penny that they paid them to mix the sound. Brilliant. I saw them at the old Wembley Stadium before they tore it down. And oh, I, I saw, nice. Yeah, yeah there was nice. Wembley. It was, it was brilliant. And I was walking oh. out. I saw the last gig I ever saw there, which was the last one, was Bon Jovi, funny enough. That was an American actor. Okay. Yeah, I saw them a couple of times. And I, I was coming out, and there was they, they'd started ripping it down. And the next day, they were going to really start tearing it to pieces. They'd already ripped a bit of it. And I came out, and there was a six-foot six foot six inch bolt just sitting on the floor from the original girders and, oh, I, and, wow. I, and I don't know why I walked past it I went oh there's a bolt on the floor there I didn't even think to pick it up you pick up a souvenir yeah <laughs> I, right. I didn't even think so, about it so Bon Jovi was the last concert at Wembley it was it was a Sunday and then on the Monday they were ripping it down wow I would have think I would have thought it would have been like British royalty like the who or somebody like yeah. that would be that last show but Bon Jovi, that is good trivia. I'm going to use that at some point. I'm sure that was right. I'm sure that was right. Yeah, yeah it was the next day they bought, started bulldozing things. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so so they mean, literally tore the house down. They did, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't take <laughs> any home. But <laughs> So, I mean, it's quite a nice segue there. So the Eagles break up in 1980. So we've now just hit the 80s. So what was it like growing up in the 80s in America? Was it like the John Hughes movies? Was it? Was it good? Was it fun? You had the Reagan era. Was it stifling? What was it like for you? Uh, it was, uh, you know what? It's it's funny because I think we're we're always gravitated towards the the era we grew up in. You know, it's kind of the music that sticks with us. It's the we look at memories because I mean, those are the days before, you know, those are the days of innocence, right? Those are the days before we we knew anything. Like there were no responsibilities. You know, your your time was your time. You you know, once you got your work done and once, you know, you did what mom and dad told you, you know, I had a paper route as a kid. So that's how I earned my money. So once all that was done, like my time was mine. And it was, it, I tell you what, in the, in the States, it was a great time. Um, the way our, our educational system works in the U S high school would have, would have started at, at ninth grade. So it would have put me at 14 years old in 1980. Right. And uh, I graduated high school in 1984. So uh, when I see movies like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, like Breakfast Club, like uh, 16 Candles, those very much remind me of my high school experience. Wow. Uh, wow. Just, there's just the pecking order. You've got the popular kids. You've got the nerdy kids. You've got the, you know, the kids that kind of fall in the cracks. Um, I was more of a like a less cooler version of Ferris Bueller because like I, I had lots of friends, but I just, I didn't really stick with one group all the time. Like, you know, this weekend I might be hanging around with this group of friends the next weekend, another group. So it, I mean, it was great. The music was awesome. Of course, um, weekends going to movies and skating rinks and just, you know, driving, just getting in with friends and just riding in the car and just, you know, we'd, you'd buy the, the latest cassette and just, you know, turn it up really loud. Always try to find girls who would just look at you like you had three heads. But, you know, it was really <laughs> cool. It was really cool to, to just, it was very carefree times. It was very fun. Uh, you're talking about the Reagan era. Uh, you know, at the time, you know, 14, 15, 16, those ages, you're not thinking a ton about politics. At least I didn't. I was thinking about uh, rock and roll, where I was going to get my next dollar at, and girls as yeah. a typical yeah. American kid. And uh, so politics didn't really affect us too much. Uh, I think we're all fans of Reagan, if I remember correctly. You know, he was 
he seemed to kind of relate more than Jimmy Carter did the previous president. But uh, yeah, overall, we liked it. it, was, it was good, good times, good times. <laughs> it's just, you know, growing up in a, in a Britain that was, you know, a bit more Thatcher related. It was all about money in England. You know, it was all yeah. sort of Thatcher. And you've if you had money, you're nobody. And I mean, to be fair, it's getting the same now. It's, it's, it's right, sort, right. It's sort of reversed yeah. again. So our impressions looking back is, you know, the that sort of movie era. But you don't, mm-hmm. obviously, a lot of it gets embellished. You don't know how, how secure it was as fact, if you see what I mean. So what can, right. you remember, can you remember what the first album was you bought in the 80s that really made an effect on you? The first 80s album that I bought, man. Oh, there's so many. Uh, I would say Glass Houses by Billy Joel is the one that sticks out the most. Nice. Because to this point, I was mostly buying singles, 45s. And... Uh, I'm starting to, you know, at 14 ish, start to graduate into buying albums. Now I had a few albums that I would get for Christmas presents from like my grandma and stuff. I had this one in the seventies called Fonzie's favorites. So these are all <laughs> songs from the fifties. Right. And yeah. I listened to that thing a lot, you know, when I was nine, 10 years old, but uh, yeah, glass houses was one um, escape by journey was right around that era. That was a huge one for me. Uh, the River by Bruce Springsteen was another early 80s album that I just, that I absolutely loved. So again, I still mostly bought uh, 45s then, but within the next couple of years, it started, I started transitioning to cassettes because I'm then driving. Yeah. So I'm buying, I'm buying cassette tapes and because I could pop it in the car and just go. And that was, that was nice. So I, I do remember the first non-mixed, tape that i i bought was uh business as usual uh by men at work oh, that's a great and album. uh played that thing to death i <laughs> that thing has held up great too i still listen to that thing today so yeah and is it cargo that's the second album isn't it or the first cargo one? was the second yes yes yeah. or at least here i know that you know they're from australia and i'm not sure if they you know released albums in the same order there as they did here like hey this may be more commercial more you know the Americans may like this better. We'll, we'll release this first. You see that sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, just, I mean, they're one of those bands of the eighties that's really underrated, aren't they? They're just, Oh, I think so. I yeah. think so. And I, I love that, that uh, Colin Hay has um, these years later, he'll do like a lot of acoustic sets of minute work songs. I've yeah. not caught them live yet, but I've heard a lot of it and I really enjoy it. I know there was a tour that came through here Oh, a couple months ago, uh, I was in the midst of moving, so I, I didn't have time. But it was Rick Springfield, John Waite, and Colin Hay. Wow. So they would all, you know, take some time, and at the end, they would they would get together and do each other's songs. So, and they on the um, on the Sirius XM, the satellite radio, they had uh, they had a show that had them all together on it. They just did two or three songs just to kind of tease you to get you to come to the concerts. But uh, yeah, it sounded really good. That it's was... amazing. He did a really good version of uh, Overkill with just him in a vocal orchestra. Yes, on YouTube. I don't know yes. if you've seen it. Yeah, it's amazing. I they're have. Just, they're just in yes. a room singing. If 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 anyone listens has not seen that, they need to Google that on YouTube. It's brilliant. Oh, absolutely. I, totally I, agree. I found it more moving than the original version. <laughs> I, just found... I did too, which is which is cool because I, I I love. I love cover tunes, not because I like to compare them to the originals, but just I like to hear what other people will do with them. 
but when an artist recreates their own song, like the first time I ever heard this was in 1986 when the police did Don't Stand So Close to Me 86. Do you remember that? Yeah. So they completely reworked the song. Like they sped up the music and slowed down the vocals. It's just like, who would ever think that they could do something like that? It just always kind of blow me away. But so, but when I hear somebody like Colin Hay, you know, do an acoustic version of their own song and slowing it down, uh, that's, yeah, I love it. That's very cool. Amazing. At the time of recording, I think he's on he's on tour with Ringo Starr at the moment. Oh wow! He's a member of the All Star Band. I'm sure seeing it keeps seeing him with Ringo smiling like a Cheshire cat, like you would if you were. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, yeah. It's like yeah, I, I would love to. I would love to see that that tour. That'd be great. I saw that as well. Funny enough, <laughs> when he Look was at in you. Yeah, it was. Um, he ha- it was him, Jack Bruce from Cream on Bass, mm. uh, and Peter Frampton on guitar. Oh wow! Yeah, it was. It was a. Really that is literally an all-star band. <laughs> yeah, and that was in the nineties. Oh, Gary Booker was in it as well. From um, was it Proco Harem? He was. And uh-huh. He did White Shade of Pale, and he was just, uh, amazing. Oh yeah, absolutely nice. amazing. So movies in the eighties. Um, what was what films really grabbed you in the eighties? What movies really made you? What, what film did you watch and watch and watch and rewatch over and over? Jeez. Uh, so the John Hughes movies, the the, the first three, Sixteen Candles, um. Uh, Breakfast Club and Weird Science, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay, yeah, that 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 foursome. Watch those over and over and over again. Uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High is probably my favorite '80s movie, just because as a teenager growing up, then that's the movie that I think most closely did the best job at at resembling what what uh, you know what it was like growing up then. Uh, Better Off Dead. Was as another one that that's it's an absolute classic. Uh, I wasn't prepared for a movie question. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, just just shooting from the hip. Top Gun. Everybody loved Top Gun. Risky Business. The Tom Cruise movies. There, uh, those were those were really good. I, I'm the kind of person I will get on a, a streaming service, whether it's Netflix or Prime or whatever, and I'll. Um, I'll try to find these obscure '80s movies that either I forgot about or never caught the first time. You know, maybe these are um, just basic, you know, throwaway movies, and and I'll watch them just just <laughs> to stay up to up to par. Uh, Saint Elmo's Fire—that's another one I just watched recently that, that has held up pretty well. It's it's you know it's 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 a little cheesy. It's very '80s, which is what I look for when I'm watching those old movies, like. <laughs> How 80s is it? And then, <laughs> you know, that the big hair and the music and the cars and the attitudes. So, yeah, that's all. It's all great stuff. I mean, if you want to lure me in, uh, just show me a, a cheesy 80s movie. And I'm going to fall for it every time. I mean, that's the like difference. My, my, my shirt today says save Ferris. So <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's the difference between you and I. You can watch it from a different perspective to me. I can only have a, have a wonder perspective. Like, was it like that? I sort of remember it, but not really remember yeah. it. And <laughs> yes. Now, of course, you know, because they're movies, things are a little blown, you know, overblown. Like some of the stereotypes in, uh, in 16 Candles, uh, just they crack me up because, you know, they are – partially what it was like but it's just like a very exaggerated version of that uh the characters in breakfast club like i can look at all of them and i could identify people i went to school with with that were like just like each character i wasn't like any of those characters i was just the guy in the hall 
I was the guy there, but I was like, Hey, I know that guy. That's all I was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just seeing, seeing that dynamic play out. I, I thought they did, they did a beautiful job at, at, um, at capturing the personalities and, and w- what we tend to to forget a lot of times is, is like the teenage experience. Like we look at these kids and their teenage problems. We like, geez, if you guys had any idea what life's going to be like in 20 years, you freak <laughs> out. But the fact that they, they were experiencing this stuff for the first time, you know, like their first heartbreaks, their first kiss, their first, you know, time they drive the car, like all of these firsts for them. And so it's, it's a huge deal. So as you know, having, I've got two adult children now and just, I always had to keep reminding myself, like when they would just freak out over little things like, okay, they've never experienced this emotion or this scenario before. So I just kind of, kind of pumped the brakes as a dad and just kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. you had the movies to guide let, you. Let them, let them live it out. So. <laughs> what I love about the eighties as well. Um, technology wise, there was a little bit of technology in the eighties, but not yeah. a lot like now. And I right. think that, I think that was a wonderful period for like, um, like my house was built in the 1920s and I think about all the, all the changes it's seen. And then when you get yeah. to sort of just even the eighties, which is only a, a wee way ago, like you know, you didn't have internet, you didn't have mobile phones. Do you think it was a better yeah. time for that? Um, you know what? I I think to me, looking back then, I'm I'm glad we didn't have a lot of that in a lot in a lot of respects. I I'm like I I'm like bipolar when it comes to that. <laughs> so on the one hand, it's like, you know what? we were forced to communicate more. You know, right now it's like, I can, I like, we're setting up this podcast. We're texting each other. Hey, is this time work? Is that time work? We're going to talk about this, that, and the other. And so, you know, they're just so easy to do that. When we were younger, like we'd have to call each other on the phone or talk to each <laughs> other in person, like <gasps> in person. Oh my, oh, how would you do that? You know, you're out at night and you've got to put, you know, money in a pay phone to call home or, <laughs> Or something. So that part, like I remember, like my first car, I had a cassette deck in it, mm. and then my second car had an eight-track player in it. Wow! So I had to, I had to buy a converter to pop into the eight-track track slot to drop my cassette in, so it would play. Uh, I remember making mixtapes off of. Uh, I had a, a turntable, a, a tuner, and uh, dual cassette decks. I remember having to, you know, put the record on, make the mixtape. Uh, or go, you know, it's dual cassettes. I go tape to tape, but like it would take me hours to make a mixtape. Now I can like, if I wanted to make a mixtape, which I've got a a, a sidetrack story here. That's fine. I've I've got this friend and he's, he's got a teenage daughter. She's going to be 14 next month. And so she's, you know, she's a big fan of stranger things. Yeah. I am also a big fan of Stranger Things. <laughs> so uh, the one character, Sam, has has the Walkman. So she wants a Walkman. And her dad, Matt, says, well, I don't, uh, you don't have any tapes. <laughs> and, then, and then this light bulb went off his head. He's like, hey, I know this one dumb guy that will hook you up. <laughs> so what we're doing is I'm creating these playlists and I am burning them to a CD <laughs> and then I've got another friend who still has, you know, a cassette deck. So mm. I bought all these these cassette tapes. So we're going to burn these CDs onto cassettes, 
and give them to her with this Walkman. So she's going to have her mixtape. So we're doing, you know, oh. stuff that was in Stranger Things, other 80s tunes. Her birthday's in December. So we're going to do like a Christmas one. But then we're going to do one that's going to be songs she listens to now. Oh, nice. So, so how cool to have a song with like the new Taylor Swift on it on cassette. That's amazing. So, I yeah, like that. that's a really great idea. I've, funny, yeah. I have a tape deck next to me. <laughs> I've still there you go. See, there you go. <laughs> funny, um, so, vinyl's um, going to take a slump soon, and cassettes are taking over. So that fourteen-year-old person is ahead of everybody else. Yeah, um, there you go. Already, vinyl's too expensive, but it started. To <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, we can get cheaper tapes, and which is the same thing back in the back in the eighties, <laughs> back when you know cassettes took over vinyl and sales, and eventually CDs. CDs and cassettes are much cheaper to make than yeah. vinyl records. So I think it's definitely, it's definitely tapes are coming back. I, I, a lot of record companies are offering cassettes as well, aren't they? So they're, they're definitely coming back. Yeah, they are. You're, well, yeah. Speaking of the technology piece, the, the other part of my personality is how cool would it have been back then to have like, yeah, you know, I've got my iPhone here. Like I hear a song played in a movie. I just Shazam it, throw it on a playlist and uh you know we're we're good to go so that was that was uh that was good there was Sorry, a, I, a that's right. <laughs> I put a post but, up the um the other day funny enough of um it said the ultimate combo and it was some cassettes um and mm-hmm. it was the uh, do you remember the sony yellow sportsman walkman yes yes absolutely yeah, I, I had one of those and it was amazing it was meant to be waterproof and the clock didn't work on the front but i absolutely loved it and i put that as a post and everybody was resharing that one it was like the forgotten one is ah oh, that one i remember that one but I, you know i'd love to get one of those now if i could drag a oh, piece, yeah. piece of 80s tech now it would be it would be that that walkman i'd love to have one of those again oh and, yeah now uh, to, to get it to get a genuine like that one like that now it costs about three hundred dollars US, so I don't wow. know what that what that transfers over for you, but uh, that's that's pretty expensive. It's about two eighty. Uh, but you can yeah. you can get knockoffs, um, you know, for under thirty forty dollars. So, I, I want to get yeah. one. Yeah, it's just yeah. I, be, I have one. No I have one. way. Yes. No way. That will be the that will be the posing kit to get next in London. That will be the. You know, oh that, yes. You can tell yes. that is the People next. Would be, they would be beating you up to to steal that. <laughs> Give me the eighties Walkman, you. So, yeah, <laughs> so yes. let's let's talk telly. What what sort of programs did you watch in the eighties? Was it like for me? I was little, so it was A Team and stuff like that. Were you mm-hmm. were you older than the A Team, or you, was you into that sort of stuff? And Madden well, and yeah, it, it's funny because I remember in the early part of the eighties, um, I you know I would I would watch some TV. Uh, I would watch sports. But I would watch uh, like the Dukes of Hazard was yeah, a popular nice. show here. Just a bunch of I don't know if they did they have that there. They did. Yeah, it was, a a, show? it was a Saturday afternoon program. Okay, yeah. So it was yeah. on Friday nights here. So I, we would watch that, and my mom would watch. Well, we watched that and The Incredible Hulk, and then Dallas would come on after that. That's about the time I checked out. I'd go play video games or something. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I watched that. I, I remember watching Miami Vice and liking that. Um, Thursday nights here, we would get the Cosby show and family ties and cheers and night court. Yeah. And we watched I mean, that. That was the the biggest TV rated day was Thursday evenings. And NBC was the, the network that carried those and that they were the, the number one network at that time. But I didn't like watch a ton of TV as a older teenager because it's like, 
the last thing I wanted to do was be home on a Friday night right. watching TV. Like <laughs> I should be out cruising. I should be going to the movies. We should be going to football games. We should be doing anything but sitting at home. Like Saturday nights, we go to the local pizza place and everybody would hang out in the parking lot all night and just you know, do that stuff. So TV was, was not, it, if, if you like on my podcast, we'll talk sometimes about 80s TV. And uh, it was probably the later 80s. Like I was, I got married in 1988. So 88, 89, 90, watched a whole lot more TV because, you know, there's no money to do the carefree things of your youth. You're at home <laughs> watching TV. So it's uh, <laughs> So that was that was a little different, but yeah, I'd say those were the shows that that I remember the most. Um, I watched I watched professional wrestling back then, so I would watch uh, the NWA and the WWF back then. So I'd watch those. Those were typically like Saturday afternoon, early Saturday evening shows, and then once wrestling was off, I'm out. So. It's, it's crazy when you like with the wrestling and with the A team for our argument's sake. When you look back with. We used to watch that with such innocent eyes that in the A team, you know, they could shoot a thousand bullets and no one would get killed. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then right at the beginning, when the, the the jeep flips over, now when you look at it, you can see the ramp hidden behind the really rubbish bush. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very cheesy. Yeah, no. yeah I, I watched a little A team. Uh, my younger brother, uh, he was eight years younger than me. He he was a big fan of the A team and all of those kind of shows, like Night Rider. Yeah, and nice. some of that kind of stuff. Like I would see that and go, "Oh, that's cute. That's kid stuff." I'm gonna go see if I can find a girl to kiss. So. <laughs> my mate, um, when I used to hash share my mate, and he he rebought a lot of those box sets, um, mm-hmm. like the A Team and bits and bobs. MacGyver was the other one. Nice, um, yeah. And bits and bobs. Looking that. back now, I, I like some of those reruns of MacGyver and, and some of those. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 it's fine. I know what you mean, but it's one of those things where you, I kind of watched a few episodes and I was kind of like, it's kind of killing it for me now. You know, like it's killing the illusion a bit. And I kind of like, yes. Oh, am I going to end up hating this program now? I'm older, so. <laughs> <laughs> so Absolutely. I kind of stopped watching them after that. And he says, I said, what, after the run? I said, did you enjoy watching them all again? And he went, yeah, they're all right. So I thought, oh, if that was just, it wasn't like, oh, it was great to see it all again and bits and bobs like that. And it's just like, um, do you remember Manimal? Yeah. Do you remember Manimal? Like, I want to watch Manimal again. But then the question is, do I want to watch Manimal? Is is the question. Yeah. We're like, we're like yeah. I think it's rubbish. Is it going to mess with the illusion? Yeah. I remember <laughs> as a kid, uh, my favorite cartoon, like I would rush home from school every day to watch Speed Racer. I don't know if right. Speed Racer thing is that, there. Is that the white one? Is it a white car and a white? As a, yes, white car. It was. It was. Uh, it was very early anime, mm. and you know, it's translated over for English. But um, I would love to get home and watch that. So years later, there was a revival of it. Like people were getting the old episodes and stuff, and and I bought. Uh, I got bought a couple of VHS tapes. Like. It's my childhood. I want to watch this. I'm watching it going, really? That's I like this that much back then? What was I thinking? Jeez. It's just innocent eyes, isn't it? I mean, we were yeah. lucky in the 80s that there was a lot of genres around. Uh, yeah. So you had, like, you had electro and pop and glam. Was there a genre you that didn't really hit home with you? Is there anything you thought, oh, I can't stand it? Was it like that, that sort of genre? Um, Not too much um because i liked a little bit of everything and a lot of some things i guess the things that annoyed me the most were like um some of the pop music the american pop music at the time like uh 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, owner and user of Mint Mobile with a special holiday message. If you sign up now for three months, you get three months free on every one of our plans, even unlimited. Now, I realize this is more of a holiday offer than it is a holiday message. But if you read between the lines, you can see a message in there. It says we love you. Visit mintmobile.com slash switch for the offer. Limited time, new customer offer. Activate within 45 days. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Unlimited customers using more than 40 gigabytes per month will experience lower speeds. Video streams at 480p. See mintmobile.com for details. Uh, Tiffany and Debbie Gibson, like the the girl singers. Um, not nothing against girl singers, because like you know, I hear some women like Stevie Nicks or Pat Benatar or Hart or somebody like that. Um, Allison Moyet, like Annie Lennox, great vocalist, love to hear him. But some of that that teeny bopper Paul Abdul kind of stuff, uh, I didn't hate it, but that would be what make me most likely to change the channel back in those days. Sure. <laughs> and obviously at MTV as well in America, which is fantastic. Oh, MTV was, I was watching MTV on day one when it launched. So was it, was, I, it a, was it like a cultural thing where it was, it was everywhere all the time. Is that right? That's the impression um, in England. Well, when it, when it first started, it was in very limited markets. Uh, the people that, that founded MTV was trying to really shop it around before they before it was launched, and not a lot of cable companies were were buying it. They're kind of like, well, let's see how it does in your test markets and see what happens then. Uh, I happen to live in um, Grove City, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus, which is Middle America, and the cable system we had was Warner, which later became Time Warner and AOL Time Warner and Ted Turner owned it and all that other stuff. But uh, there was a show we had on Friday nights called Sight on Sound. Right. So what it was, it was interactive cable. So you had this cable box, we had buttons on it. And they would show you videos, you know, you Van Halen and Devo and The Who and whoever, like every week there was, it was about an hour long show. And at the end, they would show tiny clips of them and you'd vote one through five or whatever how you know which one you liked well that show became so popular it was very local yeah and that show was so popular that there's like ah we need to do more with this so mtv like mtv was birthed largely because of my town being a test market because columbus ohio back then and even still kind of today is considered like the most average town in America. Like, (laughs) you know, there, I mean, there's a mix of blue collar of white collar financial people. There's a lot of tech in this area. So it's just, it's just, just a a very big melting pot of people. So that was one of the many factors in helping launch MTV. So when MTV finally came on, our cable system was one of the first charter you know, uh, cable networks that, you know, cable companies that had MTV. Mm-hmm. So fun story. Um, we probably all know that video killed the radio star was the first video played on MTV. Uh, I had my, my, I was out with friends and I got home cause I knew MTV was launching. I want to be home by midnight when it came on. Yeah. I didn't get home until after video number two played. So I'm watching, uh, you better run by Pat Benatar, and then they, you know, after that they started. Have, we had the VJs and stuff like that, but um, at first it was, you know, it's kind of like uh, 
word of mouth thing. I remember talking to kids at school who hadn't heard of it, but by within the first month or two, three months, everybody's watching it like, hey, did you see this new Adam and the Ants video? Or did you see, like, they had a Journey concert on Saturday night. Did you catch that? So we're, you know, not only seeing these bands we'd only heard on the radio, but we're seeing these bands from across the pond that we yeah. had. You know, most of the most of my friends didn't really pay attention to. I was a little different because I would go and do, um, uh, I would go to my, I would subscribe to Rolling Stone magazine. And in that they would they would review chart they would review albums that you know because we didn't have uh, again to back up just a little bit not to get too much off on a rabbit trail but um, <laughs> in the U.S. if you wanted to hear like alternative or progressive music you would have to listen to it on college radio stations right so basically these college kids part <clears throat> of their college credits are playing you know these REM records and you know Dead Kennedys and the Smiths and stuff like this and like we where i was at we there was no exposure to them so i would get like rolling stone magazine read about the album reviews there's charts in the back i could see like the british charts the college station charts i'm like i want to hear some of that <laughs> and so mtv comes along and we're hearing some of that again they became more progressive later but it was probably i want to guess mtv launches in 81 i would say toward probably a year later, like the summer of 82 going into 83, it became that cultural phenomenon where every, cause it, it grew fast. Cause once, yeah. once the test markets were overwhelming, the other, you know, the, the ad campaign was, I want my MTV. They kept encouraging you call your cable operator now and tell them I want my MTV. And you got <laughs> Billy Idol and, and Pete Townsend and Sting and David Bowie and Mick Jagger. These guys are on these little MTV ads. Yeah. And so for us, it was, uh, it was for me personally, it was really cool to see MTV grow. And then they, they eventually um, became so huge that they, they thought they were too good to just play music videos. They had their own original uh, shows that became the train wreck it is today. Eventually. <laughs> so. They were saying, obviously a Dire Straits had it in um, Money for Nothing in the start, isn't it? It was Sting actually singing it. I yes, TV, that, I yeah. tell you what. As as a huge, huge Police fan, they're one of my they're one of my top five bands. Uh, just hearing and liking Dire Straits anyway, but not loving them. But yeah. hearing Sting do the opening, that opening, I want my MTV. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I have died and gone to heaven. This is a great collaboration, and I love it. So, and then when they did it at Live Aid, I just thought it was amazing. Yeah, it's Absolutely. good. That's a good version as well. I was. Yes. Um, it's funny that they're clamming for everything eighties. Talking of MTV, I was watching the Weirdo Yankovic movie yesterday. I have not watched that yet. I I want to. Uh, yeah. I I heard it was pretty good. Little quirky. It is. Yeah. There's there's um for people that don't know, um, especially in England, Weirdo Yankovic was a parodist. So he would parody songs. So he had um, Eat It instead of Beat It. And then he had um, Like a Surgeon instead of Like a Virgin. <laughs> yes. By Madonna. And I think he's only an American invention that would have worked in America. I don't think the British would have took to it if it was an English. Yeah. Artist. Well, you know, a lot of, a lot of, I think they may have took to it, but I think uh, Weird Al, his, his whole shtick, like when I think about, it, I can't think of a lot of, of British songs he did. Like he's covering people like Julio and Madonna and um, uh, 
uh, Tony Basil. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Mickey. He did Ricky, kind of parroting you know, I Love Lucy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did uh, smells like smells like Nirvana uh-huh. instead of smells like Team Spirit. So I think maybe if he had maybe concentrated more on some of the British stuff, I think they would have got it. You know, just the, 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 that British sense of humor. They, they love parody, just like that's right. We even do. probably more than we do. So I think uh, that there should have been a British version of Weird Al. Yeah. Or he could have expanded. <laughs> but here's the other thing too that I think may have been may have been a little difficult for him. He would actually go to the artists who he would parody and like, hey, can I have your permission mm. to rip off your song? And some of them just like Prince would never allow it. Yeah. He's way too serious a musician. And it, it seems like the Brits a lot of time took themselves very seriously. Like this is our <laughs> art. And the Americans are like, well. I can make a buck, yeah. <laughs> you know, they would sell out a lot easier. So I, I think that may have had a little bit of something to, to do with why he just, you know, but when he started becoming more, more popular, um, he, uh, people wanted him to do their stuff. Like Michael Jackson was super excited when he did eat it. Yeah. Like it was wonderful. So the, the first, the first time I ever heard weird Al was uh, there's a show called Dr. Demento. Right. And it was a syndicated show. And I, I don't know if you, you, you're nodding like, yeah, I know what you're talking I about. I know him because of the film last night. I watched the film okay, only gotcha. last night. So I know he is because I saw him. I'm, yeah. And it's played by Rain Wilson. Oh, is he really? Oh yeah. my gosh. I, I, I love The Office. Um, yeah. I like the American version better because I get the humor a little more. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I do like the British version. But um, so the Dr. Demento show was a syndicated show where he would do parodies, goofy songs, like any, any offbeat, whatever you can imagine, you know, you would hear it on here. And locally we would hear it on a station called QFM 96 and they would play it on Sunday nights. You know, right. the, the normal rock crowd wasn't really turning into hear Dr. Demento, all of us preteens or so forth would. And he did another one rides the bus. <laughs> That's right. At the peak of another one bites the dust popularity. And if you've heard it, it's just him and a in a bad acoustic room with his accordion and <laughs> another guy beating on a box or something for the for the beat. And he's just making fart noises and, and it's just it it is a train wreck that cracked me up. Like I'm 14. I know another one right bites the dust. It was one of my favorite songs, but then hearing that, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then he just, he just took off from there. But, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, the problem with the movie is it's so goofy, like his lifestyle that you don't know which bits are true, which bits are nonsense. So ac- according to the film, he recorded that in a toilet, which would make sense because it had acoustics yeah. in it. Yeah. But, um, you know, and I'm not going to give away the film to you, but in that apparently he's at a party and then John Deacon from Queen says, like, do you want to do my song? Like, I can't imagine John Deacon ever saying that to anybody. Yes. <laughs> it's just, so, I mean, and to have Daniel Radcliffe playing him as well, I mean, you could not get a bigger TV movie star to play someone in England that not a lot of people know about. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brilliant. I mean, anyone that doesn't know his material, I would say just check him out because he's really fun. And um, Oh, yeah. When he does, um, he writes his own songs. He does it. I came in at the um, Teen Spirit album. Um, smells mm-hmm. like Teen Spirit. He does a song called "You Don't Love Me Anymore," 
and mm-hmm. it's about his wife or his girlfriend's making out with the whole hockey team, cutting the brakes on his car. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got, I got a funny feeling you don't love me anymore. <laughs> so, so when he does actually write his own ones, they're really good. <laughs> so, but it's it's a great movie. It's going to come out everywhere soon. So if you get a chance, check it out. So um, let's talk about why do you think people like, like the 80s, Rob? What was it about the 80s that people liked, do you think? Um, I alluded to it a little bit earlier. I think it's because we know how it ends. You know, yeah. it's like, like, like for us that grew up then, it's like, we, we know how 1980 began and we know how 1989 ended. We know we've got all this jam packed memories there. Again, this is when we're still innocent. This is before we had the responsibilities. Yeah. So it's a safe place to go back to. And then I, I see like this resurgence now of, you know, everything eighties, you know, stranger things is a good example. Um, um, do you guys get the Goldbergs there? We do, yeah. Okay, so yeah. the Goldbergs is a very popular show here. It takes place in the 80s. So these kids are looking back. They think it's kind of funny. They're hearing mm-hmm. this music, a lot of them for the first time. Not my kids. I parented my kids way better than that. They grew up <laughs> on this music. So if they were getting interviewed right now, they my daughter could probably tell you who sung just about every Every yeah. uh, every song, <laughs> I, I would put her up against most people that grew up then, as far as uh, being able to remember what was uh, what was popular back then. So. I, I mean, I think a lot of it as well was to do with the aesthetics around. It was a very colourful time. I, I remember yes, it being yes. not just sunshine like a little kid would remember, but everything was like neon and bright and yeah, like, bright clothes. And to me, that kind of reflected the culture of the time too. They were optimistic times, not even not just for teenagers, but I think adults too. I think it was it was a it was a good time. We felt safe. Uh, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of at least that I remember. It, it didn't feel like a lot of controversial stuff there weren't like rioting and things like that you know at least in, in the free world right yeah um uk and and in the us canada you know that, that there wasn't a lot of of that kind of stuff and prior to people just it, it, i think as as politics has become more part of our lives and our culture it's kind of taken over the attitude of a lot of the people so yeah. everybody kind of tend, seems like they're there's just a lot of tension uh, that, that, you know, quite frankly, wasn't there, you know, 35, 40 years ago. Yeah, more of an innocent time mentally. Yeah, nice. Yeah, right. So, Robbie, you do a fantastic podcast. Let's talk about your podcast, like how you got it together and just what <laughs> it's mainly about. Can you give me a little bit of history about that? Uh, yeah, thanks. So uh, with me, I, I've always I've always kind of dabbled in it. I would make mixtapes for friends as a kid, um, teenager, mix CDs for adults. I even still put playlists together for people now. Like, hey, you know what? I, I, I want something like my buddy Matt a couple weeks ago. He's like, hey, you should create a podcast. It's cool for just like sitting around, the, you know, the, the campfire and chilling. So I made a, a podcast like that or not a podcast, mm-hmm. a, a playlist. So uh I was I was toying with the idea of doing my own online 80s radio station. Right. Like, you know, I'm again, I was maybe would broadcast a couple hours a week, but just kind of put it on like a just on a rotation, on a loop. Um, you know, I've got so much music. Uh my hard drive has got about 400,000 songs on it. 
Wow. And so I, I've, I've got so much music and, you know, so much, so much eighties music that I could drop, drop them on a server and do it. Uh, as I began to look into it, uh, it would have cost me a lot of money to do that, <laughs> the rights to that music. Now yeah. I could pay for it with sponsors, but I didn't have the time, energy or patience to, you know, I've got a full-time job. I, 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 I work at a bank. I've been, you know, working for the same company. It's uh, a, I probably shouldn't talk about my job so much, but it's one of the largest banks in the U.S. I've been there for 20 years. So, you know, I you know, get to the place where I, I can't really leave the day job <laughs> and do my <laughs> hobby. So so I'm like, well, I scrapped that idea. And uh, eventually I thought um, uh, people are, were just listening to podcasts a lot. So this is 2020. And I thought, you know what, I, I'm going to do a podcast. So uh, my wife at the time uh, had bought me this microphone. She says, here, do what you do best. <laughs> like, what's that? She's like, talk. I'm like, okay, <laughs> thanks. So, uh, so I, I thought, well, what am I going to talk about? I thought, well, I can probably have a conversation with people talking about 80s stuff all night long. So I thought, you know, I, I, I adore and love pop culture. And if I did something 80s based, it would be a lot of fun. So uh, the first thing I did was I launched a Facebook page and called it Living in the 80s. So I, I was going to call it uh, I Want to Go Back. Mm. And it was a 80, uh, Eddie Money song. I don't know if Eddie Money's big over there or not, but just typical Heartland Rock, uh, Middle right. America, just, you know, just straight ahead rock and roll. I thought, well, that doesn't really identify it too much. And because I listen to music constantly, like as I'm working, there's always music playing in the background, constantly <laughs> I'm in the car, you know, wherever I'm at, uh, I'm, I'm sending friends songs all the time and they mostly like it. Sometimes I probably aggravate them, but um, <laughs> there is a song called eighties by the band killing joke. Right. And the chorus is like, I'm living in the eighties. Like, Oh, Okay, great. I'm gonna call it Living in the '80s. So that that's how the, the name was born. And I just uh, the first couple episodes is just me behind the microphone, just talking, talk, you know, couple topics. And I'm talking to a friend of mine, Matt, who's got this tremendous sense of humor. Mm. And uh, him and I together just really bounce each off each other and finish each other's sentences a lot, and just we we get each other. So. I needed somebody to banter with in order for the podcast to, to, to work. I mean, it, it worked okay. Just me talking, I think, but I have more energy when I've got somebody that it's I'm engaged with. Yeah. So that that's how, and it was just him and I for a few episodes and I started getting more topics. I was getting more subject experts. Like I, you know, did one on pro wrestling of the eighties. So I've, I have a friend who actually is an amateur professional wrestler. Wow. Uh, who, who also works at the same bank I work at. So I'm <laughs> talking to him. He's like, Oh yeah, I've watched all that stuff in the eighties. So we <clears> just <throat> did a podcast on eighties wrestling. And then we start to watch TV shows and movies and it started expanding and growing out from there. And then I've got these other friends that I, I grew up with or have met along the way. They're like, you know, they get me. And, and so you know, we may have a round table discussion now. So that that's how it was birthed and that and it has continued to grow, mm. which uh, it kind of surprises me because, you know, I went in with extremely low expectations. 
I thought I want to put together a podcast, one for posterity. I could just <laughs> record my thoughts and keep them and like, you know, just kind of remember that these good old times, but then when you get to do it with friends, it makes yeah. it a little cooler because yeah, then yeah. it's like, Oh, I can, I've got these recordings with these friends of mine. And uh, one of my very favorite podcasts, I did two of them. One of them was with the, the, my two best friends growing up. Their names, David and Arthur uh, art. And um, we were talking ab- about uh, our favorite eighties rock albums. And so it's just, I art joins me sometimes now David's his he's not as comfortable behind the microphone I had to really like twist his arm and blackmail him and (laughs) all kinds of stuff to get him on here but to have that episode of just us together was awesome and then my very very favorite one so far has been uh, a couple years ago me and my daughter did one about 80s Christmas movies oh she grew up on them so she she I and mean, she'll start watching Christmas movies in, in August. I'm like, Kayla, <laughs> we have got to do this podcast. Of course, she was all in. She did an amazing job. But uh, that was one of the reasons, the posterity point of it. But as as it was out there and it continued to grow and friends are sharing the 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 podcast, they're sharing the Facebook page. And next thing you know, like we are we are one of the we're in the top. 10 percentile globally of listen to podcasts we just heard this a couple of weeks ago i'm like huh fantastic Good I, I had no idea like i don't know what we're ranked like <laughs> and i i said on the podcast i said joe rogan we're coming for you because joe, <laughs> joe rogan has got you know i don't know if anybody knows who he is there but he's he's a he's an all-around um host here he's host tv shows game shows he's uh mma announcers he's done lots of stuff and so he's got the top rated podcast in the world. And I like your next buddy. We're coming after <laughs> so, as if that'll ever even, we, we, we are a fleck of dust compared to what well, he's doing. I'm high, my friend. But, you never know. Yeah. I'm high. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's how, that, that's kind of how our, how our podcast works. Um, we just, we just enjoy it. It's so fun getting together. Cause you know, I'll get pizza. They'll come over. We'll eat. We'll talk about what we're going to do. We have the podcast and uh, I do drop a lot of music uh, in, but in, in the conversation. And so it'll like a, a one hour podcast may take me three hours because of all the music clips I drop in and little <laughs> nuggets and Easter eggs and stuff. So I don't know if anybody pays attention, but you know, some people like it, I guess, because they, I, I, I guess very positive feedback. So that's always good. Someone will always notice, won't they? Someone always always notices. So how do how do you yes. pick your subject subjects for the the podcast? You just do it when you're having the pizza. You don't you write a list down. Uh, of- no, we'll usually um, talk about it a few weeks ahead of time. Like we met for dinner, like me and my four core guys, me, Kevin, Mike, and Matt. Uh, we met for dinner. I want to say back in July, and we'll say okay for the next, you know, twenty weeks. Let's let's get 20 topics we're going to talk about. And so we'll just throw them out there. And that's how the we did one last week that was like uh, political or um, uh, social awareness type songs, you know, more serious stuff, a lot of U2 and Sting and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, so we did that one. So that that came that was birthed out of that conversation. You know, uh, this past week we did it on um, or this coming week. Yeah. 
for doing it on bad 80s fashions. And there's a lot of them, trust me, (laughs) because everybody thinks, oh, yeah, 80s clothes were so cool and stuff. Like, I don't think they remember the mullet very well. I don't think they remembered like like in 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 the U.S., it was it, it was one of the dumbest fashions ever. Sweatpants with like gym shorts over top of them, <laughs> uh, cut off shirts like cut off right right above the the navel there. So, um, so just some of the bad bad fashions. So we it's a two part episode. The first one it's the guys talking. Right. The following week is going to be girls as they remember some of the bad nice. fashions. Two, two different perspectives. So yeah, we just kind of sit there and like yeah, whatever sticks now there's a lot of ideas that we end up never going with but that brainstorming part is really fun because you know we just write down (laughs) everything and see what see what we come back with talking of fashion what were those things were they called dealy boppers they were like a headband with a spring on it and then people would they'd like hearts on them and people would move oh yeah they kind of dangle Sort yeah. of. I don't know what they were called, but they were kind of dumb looking. I remember yeah. those. Yeah, they were just dreadful. Well, one of the worst. I don't know if they had them there, but like, like painters' hats with like flaps on the back, <laughs> like, like kind of like Rusty wore in the original Vacation movie. Yeah, like the French Legion kind of hat. Yes. Oh my gosh, these were so ugly. I don't. I can't. Yeah. I had one. Really? I, I didn't wear it that much. I think I pretty quickly realized I looked like a dork. I remember my so. dad had a pair of those glasses that you put on. They were like made out of tubes and you could put it into your pint of beer and drink through the glasses. Oh, yeah. You can <laughs> suck it right out. Yes. yes. Those are great those. for sporting events. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh, insanity. Absolute insanity. No wonder everyone loved it. So where can yeah. people get the podcast if you want to hear it? Where's the best place to find it? Uh, you, you, There's lots of different outlets. You can hear it. You can hear it on Apple Music, on Spotify, on Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. Um, there's about a dozen different outlets. So if you just Google Living in the 80s podcast, yeah. you'll be able to find it pretty quickly. Um, our website is livingin80s.us. So from there, you can link it from there. And uh, you know, we've got a lot of links and things like that, including you know, to, to you. So That's right, yeah. You know. So if you're listening and you're on my website, you can find it under the 80s goodies page. Go along, yeah. click the top pop down and there's rob sitting there and uh what's nice is every time you upload an episode it'll update as well so you'll get the newest episode that rob releases so yeah. it won't, it, it's not like you'll get the same one for the next five years yeah holy cow when's the thing gonna go away <laughs> yeah so if you if you could um have one record from the 80s and one only which one would you have i would have shabu shuba by nxs wow that's, that is, that, that's my favorite 80s album Fantastic. That has evolved. For a long time, it was the Joshua Tree that wow. we came back. Yeah. And the same question for singles. Which single would you bring back? Uh, Stone in Love by Journey. Wow, nice. It's, it, 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 is, it sounds like an 80s Friday night. It sounds like first love. It sounds like big guitars and good times and carefree, just loving life. So that's that's the song that it, I just when I think eighties, that's the song that I automatically gravitate towards. Fantastic! And one movie, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> I've never seen it. Believe it. I've you oh, Robbie, <laughs> stop what you're doing. Stop this podcast. Go watch it. Sean Penn, <laughs> Phoebe Cates, Jennifer Jason Lee. 
Oh my, that is a phenomenal. If you want to know what the 80s were like in yeah. America, Fast Times at Ridgemont High is definitely your movie. Somehow I've just never seen it, but <laughs> wow, it's that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, you you are going to fall in love with it. Cameron Crowe, little backstory on it. Cameron Crowe wrote uh he he kind of looked younger than his age, and so he infiltrated this high school. Of course, the the people you know, the, the, the school board or whoever allowed him to, he told him what he was going to do. Yeah. And so he went in and he just kind of hung out, fly on the wall, just going to classes, observing uh, the interaction between the teenagers and so forth. And then he wrote a book about it. Right. And then the book became a movie and uh, it, it, you know, made a star out of Sean Penn. He was nothing before that movie. Wow. And, uh, and he, you know, he's the biggest star, but there's several people, Forrest Whitaker, Oscar winner. He, he was, <laughs> he was in that movie. And so, uh, Nicholas Cage, it's his first movie. He has no speaking lines in it. He just plays, uh, one of the character's friends. It just kind of is always there kind of hanging out. He, <laughs> he doesn't say anything. And he's actually billed as his actual name is Nicholas Coppola. Right. So yeah, so he's just like an extra at the end. You see his name in the credits, but. Yeah, that is uh, that is that is just a phenomenal. So, is it partly based on truth as well? Some of it. Oh yeah, very much. He said the characters are very much based upon people that he observed while he was there. Wow. So when you see Spicoli, who's like the surfer dude, stoner bud, you know, he's just, you know, he's he's out there. It's very much based on a real person. And what happened was Cameron Crowe wrote that part. Sean Penn knew a guy like that. So he actually did his best impression of this guy he grew up with that right. fit the mold of what Cameron Crowe had written. So it was, uh, yeah, it, it's it's great. It is, uh, I mean, I can't talk in that, especially if you haven't seen the movie before. I just can't, <laughs> I can't tell you enough how if how American teenage life that was. So th- 1982, Time Capsule, that's it. I think it's on Netflix, Avery. I'll have to have a look for it. And um, oh, maybe yeah. you, could, you could do a podcast about um, famous actors that had bit parts that didn't say anything, like because Billy Zane was in Back to the Future, wasn't he? And he didn't oh, say yeah, anything. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, with, with all of uh, Biff's little cronies. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to write that down right now. Before they were stars-ish, I'll remember this conversation. Yeah, I'm actually literally writing that down <laughs> well yeah, yeah yeah folks if he makes gonna be a future one we'll give you full credit robbie yeah, if he makes so. a million quid i want some money <laughs> yes we will. yeah we'll get we'll, we'll monetize you very well <laughs> uh, rob it's been lovely chatting with you today um just one Likewise. more time where can people get your show uh just anywhere just google living in the 80s podcast uh it'll pop up any of your browsers it'll pop up um uh, Probably most of our listeners come from Apple Music and Spotify. Okay. But they're 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 all over. Great. Living in the eighties, check it out. It's a fantastic podcast. And hopefully I can guest on it one day with you and your mates. That'd be awesome. Dude, I yes. They, we will we will have to make it happen. I think it's gonna have to be a music episode. Oh, I like it. Because <laughs> yeah, we'll, we will we will create a way to make you part of that. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Magic. Well, you had it here first. It's another exclusive. That's Um, right. Thanks, Robbie. It's been amazing. Thanks for today. Likewise. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
The show is produced, edited, and presented by Robbie. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. 